Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's time for the unofficial 40. Soonerscoop.com's very official recruiting podcast featuring Soonerscoop.com recruiting publisher Josh McQuistian. Get your recruiting fix from the leader in Sooner Recruiting. It's the unofficial 40 with your hosts, Soonerscoop.com publishers Gary Murdoch and Josh McQuistian. All right. Welcome back. Uh, it is time for another edition of the Unofficial 40, and uh, I'm going to start this one way different than any other uh, Unofficial 40 that we've had today. Slow clap for Mr. Joe Duvall. Pour coffee. Give him a little coffee there. Very nice job, Joe Duvall. Very nice job. Trey Young, uh, we're just back from his official press conference announcing uh, that he is going to, uh, well, he, that he committed to the Oklahoma Sooners. I guess we'll still, we're going to talk some more about this, but I guess, you know, till you sign on the dotted line, you always worry. But I will say this um, I felt like it was more officially official today than I did, even though I felt like the Jacob Phillips thing was pretty official. It was at the time, with all the talk about, his father, you know, one in Kansas and this and that. His father, from the, the times I heard him talk, seemed pretty resigned to the fact that this was this was going to be the decision. Yeah, I think that was something that was a legitimate concern leading up to this announcement of even if Young does pick Oklahoma, people that you know have been following Scoop or read the USA Today article understand that you know Rayford Young has openly been pushing for a blue blood school. For a long time, and there was a concern that even if Trey commits uh, to Oklahoma Thursday, that you know the signing date, the second signing date for basketball is until April twelfth, that he'll keep pushing Trey towards those schools even after he commits. But uh, as you said, Kerry, while we were there, I mean, you guys can attest to it. That that felt, um, I mean, that felt like a signing ceremony is essentially what it felt like, and the entire family had on the OU hats. Ray seemed. Um, he talked about his relationship with Long Kruger. He said, "I talked to Kruger more than you guys realize, and that this decision was a family decision." And it what he he blew off the notion that um, he was in one camp and Mom and Trey were in another. And uh, the, I, I've been saying something like this on the board for a while. But if Trey were to go back on this, he would really, really be screwing OU over. Which is why I don't think that there's much, if any, chance of that happening because the, the relationships he has with those guys, he wouldn't do that to them. Well, and I'll say this, Eddie, uh, we've been to a lot of signing ceremonies. The way that he put the hat on, there was I could you could read a sense of relief from him yeah. that it was finally over. And also it it did seem like a finality to it just by the way that uh he seemed to really embrace the decision, be happy about the decision, excited uh you know when he did announce it the room erupted. I don't think if he would have picked Kansas, I'm sure it would have been a lot of nice. But you've been in those situations before. I mean, like Josh Boroboko. 
I remember uh, he had a lot of people that wanted. I think did he get booed a little bit in that one? Even yeah, a little bit. That was that was by far the most uh, the War Boca thing is by far the 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 most awkward one that I've ever been to. This one was uh, this one was very much pro Oklahoma. I mean, you're literally a street down from the Lloyd Noble Center over at Norman North High School. So it was, uh, uh, it was, I guess, you know, with everything that if you, you kept on the scoop and everything that Joe's been reporting, it wasn't too surprising, but I care. I do think that you're, uh, you're right in saying that this was, uh, this was a, a weight lifted off of Trey Young's shoulders. And, uh, you know, really it's, it's one of the more high profile, uh, I think commitments that we've covered, uh, as far as scoop HD goes, uh, yeah. I, you know, he's number 14 player in the country. And, uh, uh, you know, obviously, he's a program changer. He's a guy that, uh, when you look at what Long Kruger's trying to build, they've, you know, as as you said, Joe, they've gone all in on this kid, and uh, they they kind of were uh, they they get to reap the benefits, I guess, of going all in on a guy. I was talking to a, a guy that is you know closely connected to the Norman North program, and uh, he said that he's been to just about every game for the last two years for Norman North and Trey Young. I mean, uh, Long Kruger's been at about thirty of them. So uh, they've been they've been all over the place. They built uh, probably about as strong as a of a, uh, a I guess a, a bond yeah. that you can get with with somebody, and uh, that's that. I think that's what ended up uh, winning, uh, keeping a guy home like Trey Young. And Joe, I think you know, what was interesting to me is the question came up today about uh, you know he, he mentioned he was a ball boy for Jeff Capel, uh, you know, and that was when Blake Griffin was here and how much that really played into it. It really is a great story, I think, for OU fans to embrace because this is a guy that he's not running from anything. He's actually embracing Oklahoma, the program, uh, you know, the people around it, the state. Uh, it's, it's a kid that came out much like Blake Griffin. I don't, I don't know if there's any other way to, to compare what he's doing. He's basically saying, Blake Griffin did it here. This is, the, this is my path now, too. Yeah, and uh, if you'll recall, Blake Griffin, uh, that that was kind of a big deal then, too, when he stayed at Oklahoma. He had a lot of different options. He could have gone anywhere he wanted. He stayed at Oklahoma, and there w- there was a similar kind of pressure on Blake that they'll be on Trey of, you're the guy now. You're, we expect you not only come here, but to, to kind of change the program a little bit. So, uh, And Trey said today that I think he said pressure's not in my vocabulary. He, he doesn't worry about that. He, he owned it. He put that on his shoulders. Um some people might be scared away of a coach saying, hey, we're going to turn over the keys to the program to you. You're you're in control now. Some kid think, well, I don't want that kind of responsibility. I'll go somewhere where I've got a bunch of other five stars around and we can share that kind of thing. And he said, no, I'm okay with that. I, you know, like you said, he grew up a ball boy. He grew up a fan of OU. He he grew up rooting for Blake Griffin. And there there is a different kind of um, satisfaction we get when, when we can kind of appease our our inner children, I think, and then that that he gets to f- get to live a dream that he had as a child, and and I think the idea of him bringing great success to OU, um, he knows that that will mean a lot more to the people around him and the relationships he already has. It, it it's funny to say it, but uh, you know, you look at this team; they're nine and sixteen right now. But going into next year, that backcourt is probably i i would I would be hard pressed to think that it's not the most talented backcourt Oklahoma will ever have, uh, with two top fifty guys. I mean. Two of the top guys that Long Kruger's ever recruited will be in the same backcourt together. What well, I think year. that can't go unlooked is is or overlooked is like Blake Griffin comes in, uh, gives Jeff Capel a chance to really build up a foundation to this program. Uh, 
then he picks a couple of knuckleheads that are McDonald's All-Americans and Tommy Mason Griffin and... Keith Tiny Gallon. Keith Tiny Gallon. Uh, essentially, it all falls apart, uh, you know, crumbles beneath him. Lon Kruger has now got the best recruit that he's ever had, and he's been he's just coming off of a Final Four, and he lost two of his better assistants in the offseason... So now this has got to be, for a guy that's going through the season that he's going through, this has got to be just a big-time shot in the arm. Yeah. that Think about how big of a gamble it was for them to just say, hey, we're leaving this one spot open for Trey Young, and that's it. They, they knew Trey was could take a while. Um, you saw Kentucky fell off. Kentucky couldn't wait that long. They said, we're going to get other commitments. We're going we're gonna to move on. Oklahoma sat through it all. They didn't have any backup plans. They, I mean, they were evaluating guys, but they left that all open for Trey. And if they don't land him... Next year, all of a sudden looks like trouble again. Maybe you're fighting to get into the NIT, and that's when the the you could you could probably feel the tide turning in the program. I never felt that this year. Um, this was kind of a rebuilding year. They lost three very very important seniors and Buddy Heald, Isaiah Cousins, and Ryan Spangler. Like Kerry said, they lost two coaches. Now, if they struggled next year, that's a trend. That's a problem. But landing young almost feels like you—it's a new chapter has started. Here, there's going to be a new era here at Oklahoma basketball, the Trey Young era. You had, you know, you had the the kind of the Hollis Price era at the end of Calvin Sampson. You had the the Blake Griffin era with Jeff Capel. You had the Buddy Heald era, and now it's going to be the Trey Young era. It will be. It, I'm trying to think of just a time that. Maybe going into last year when uh, when Buddy and Isaiah and all those guys, after Buddy announced that he was coming back for his senior year, but uh, you know during I guess it will be October next next in here in seven months or so, it will be uh, pretty exciting I think once he gets on campus and you know I, I think that something else to point out with uh, the Oklahoma program, it's about as open of a program as you can have, yeah. And anybody that wants to go watch Trey Young practice starting in June, June first, I guess. Yep. Could, could go down there if they want. I mean, it's it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be quite a show. <laughs> Can you imagine like if Kentucky had open practices? Oh, it'd be it'd be it'd be probably like what OU football yeah. would be if they were open. But you know what? I mean, Josh can attest to this. Josh, even when OU had open practices, and it would probably be a little different in this day and age. But you just have old retired guys come out there every day. You know, same old day oh, every day. It's a group of like six guys that yeah. are out there literally every yep. time they practice at OU yeah. at, for lawns practices. Yeah, yep. I think they go straight from having coffee at Jimmy Austin to uh, Lloyd Noble. Seriously, <laughs> they need a fun name like the Yardbirds. I, they call themselves something. There was an article in the, about them in the uh, I think. Scott Ryan or uh, Ryan Aber might have wrote something about him here. Josh will ago. do that when he retires one day. He'll be one of those guys, won't you, Josh? Well, you know, I don't know if it would be a college practice, but I, and I guess just to up the creepy factor, yeah, like I'd be at the <laughs> local high school. Like that guy has got a chance to be somebody. You know, like I, I could totally see myself being that lame-o. He sure needs some better hips. <laughs> Like he said, the problem was uh, he the, can't the change direction. Make it. The college kids are too old for you to go look at. Seriously, no, I mean, yeah, Josh you know, would totally be, stay in your safe zone. He would totally be that guy at a high school game, and then some dude from rivals, some young kid from rivals, would come up, and Josh would be all creepy, and he'd be like, "Sonny, let me tell you something. I, I pioneered what you're doing." I think Josh would write recruiting reports regardless of his job, and they'd probably be the best recruiting reports uh, out there. He'd be working as a banker, and I'd still follow Josh for recruiting news. Josh would be that guy, like, you know, happens with all old couples. Like, if the wife dies, then the husband follows. 
Like if you, if Tiffany dies someday, you'll Whoa, just dark. You know, it, before you, like when you're she old. Will in fact, die when you're mm-hmm. old and gray. You know, and yes, you can't remember. Yes, I got anything. you. Josh will just keep on living because he'll just he'll find Sooner Scoop somewhere and just start answering questions. It's, it's in Tiffany's bloodline. Tiffany's going to live till she's like 140. Like she may, she's like Ricky Bobby, you know, with the advancement in uh, technology and uh, her advanced pay scale, she could live a long time. I, she, she'll outlive me by maybe two lifetimes. I don't think I plan to live past 40. I think that I think that, I think trying to live old is a mistake. I say you eat as much steak as you can, drink as much scotch as you can, and just enjoy it. When I was 14, I signed a contract with a buddy of mine that he could literally kill me the night of my 50th birthday. I wanted to live no farther than that. That was wow. as far as I had interest in going. That's uh, that that's coming up, Josh. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm staring down the barrel. Trust me, once you get there, so. you're like, no, I'll stick around a little bit longer. <laughs> I, I, you know, the part of me is yes, and part of me is like. Uh, you know, like five years, see Laney get out of college, like that kind of thing. Like, okay, I can kind of get my head around that. But I don't want to be, like, I don't want to live in any world where I am not com- completely functional. I've told Tiffany, like, if I lose a finger in, like, a car accident or fixing a lawnmower, like, pull the plug. I just want to no. die. Like, I don't, I don't want to live in any world where I am not completely 100% capable. I think when you don't have a finger, that makes you cool. It's Actually, like an opener. You could tear out your larynx, and it wouldn't matter in this day and age because you never talk to kids anymore. You just—that's that's the sad truth. You'd be the creepy guy that goes out to practice. Hi, how are you? My name is Josh McQuestion. <laughs> there, there is a guy in the Texas media who who has one of those scenarios. He's an incredibly nice guy, but I had no idea of it until I met him, and it was really kind of jarring because you were like. Who am I talking to here? And then, like, context clues, you start putting it together, and you're like, oh, my God, this got really weird. So, I mean, like I said, I don't mean that he's he's a very nice guy, and he's really good at what he does, but it was just – it was a little jarring the first time I met the guy. You'd think with the advances in technology we have, going back to Eddie's Ricky Bobby point, that those voices would be a little better than how they sound. Like, I could – you know, maybe go with the Scarlett Johansson voice or something. I haven't run into or? one of those guys in a while. There used to be when I worked at Service Merchandise back in the day when I was going to OU. There would a guy, there would be a guy that would come in with one of those things, and it was jarring every time because he'd sneak up on you, and then all of a sudden, I am looking for an answering machine. I would love to be that guy. Think of the pranks you could play on people. What? Uh, what's the guy's name that isn't Stephen Hawking? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Why? Why? You would think that he would have changed his voice by now. Like yeah, if right. he was so, if yeah, he was so, is, if he was so are, damn smart, better text-to-speech solutions now. Yeah. Right. It, it, it still is. uses it's like a he's computer. messing with everybody. Yeah, I bet he thinks it's funny. Or he's uh, just pulling a uh, good old-fashioned. He's got Lou Gehrig's disease, and it hasn't taken him yet. Maybe. <laughs> Here we I. Go. I mean, well, he could. We have a truther about. Well, he could be. He really has. He could just be lazy. And he's just sitting around. He's not lazy. He's like the smartest person on the planet. I don't know. I think some of these people sometimes just kind of carry with it uh, what they've been going with. Because when you look at a guy like uh, like Stevie Wonder, I mean, he's been doing it for, what, 45, 50 years saying that he's blind? Okay. 
So Stephen Hawking has been added to your truther list. Maybe. I'm going to do some more research on that. I'll post something on the board. <laughs> we need to give Eddie like uh, like a, a bit, like, not like a bit, but like a, a moment in each podcast where he can go over whatever truther thing He's is doing on it his right mind now. at that point. Yeah. Like a Peter Griffin, what grinds my gears. Yeah, See, exactly. I'll tell you what grinds my gears right now. You can't change the pick that you're going to make on a kid five minutes before he announces. That's just That's illegal. You can't do that. Bring him up on now, like uh, Association of Broadcaster charges or something. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't you can't tweet for. Uh, well, I mean, subject in question's already been suspended from Twitter, so <laughs> that's all. See you. now, there are going to be some people listening to this podcast that are on the board that are going to be like, "We told Josh the same," because I do that signing day preview thing and I update it as like information changes. And I had a dude that was literally irate about me changing Austin Falu's, uh his commitment prediction from Oregon, or excuse me, from Oklahoma to Oregon the day he announced. I'm like, I found out that morning. I don't want to leave it and just say like, well, yeah, I just, you know, I, I'm going to be wrong to be wrong. So I, I don't mind that, but at the same time, it's you're, like, you're actually you doing know, work, you know though, Josh. <laughs> you're actually doing yeah. work and like going and talking to kids and like kind of going I mean, through the grapevine. Yeah, here's the thing. I mean, you can't sit in your office and then just change it. I mean, it, it's about the work that you put in leading up to yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and just going, you know, look, I, we're, you're talking about Dean. I don't want to rip on Dean, but. Uh, it, Dean doesn't have an. He's I don't, my I don't five. know. I don't know if he does Trey Young updates during his evening news update. I don't. I don't watch really sports on TV. I just as an internet guy, I've kind of. I just don't anymore. I, I don't. I in the in this age that we're in, I'm sure it's lovely for the blue hairs that are sitting at home and you know want to get their sports update yeah. or whatever. It's just it's something that has been filtered out of my life is television sport and. I have dear friends that do that stuff, and they work their asses off going to high school games and getting all that footage. It's 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 unbelievable job that they do. Me personally, I don't have. Uh, it just doesn't fit into my life anymore. It is pretty crazy. Like I will watch the news, and you know I I love Dylan Buckingham. I love Nate yeah, Vick and all yeah. those guys. I will sometimes usually just turn it after this weather because it's like I already know everything that's going to be in the yeah. sportscast. It's really crazy, and it's not their fault. I mean, they get three minutes or whatever. Oh yeah, it. I mean, yeah, it's it's not their fault at all. And I tell them that they put in, sitting here. They put in so much work for that stuff too. Yeah, I mean, that, they that, really do. That, I, I admire the hell out of them. And I, with the way it is now, I mean, it, it's it's almost it's inefficient to be doing it that way anymore. With how easily you can just get stuff right up on the internet. Well, like Nate, I mean, you're good friends with him. He does a lot of stuff that you do on the web, mm -hmm. which is, you know, he'll put up he Trey Young stuff, stuff yeah. today. Yeah, yeah. Nate's been great. Uh, I mean, he's, he, you and Nate, probably the two best guys at putting stuff up on the web from when you cover stuff. So it's more than about just your newscast or whatever. I could That's not true. handle a news director. I don't think, I, I think we would probably, I'd probably kill a news director. Because you'd I have to go cover room. women's basketball every once in a while, or like go to go to women's basketball, or lead with Joe Mixon for the thirty-fifth consecutive week yeah. after you know such and such tape comes out, like they have the last couple of weeks. But I like would, this Trey Young thing, it literally became, in the last couple of weeks, maybe three weeks, it literally became for every news director out there, it became their biggest story. Oh yeah, that was. And it's really strange that it's a high school basketball kid. From Oklahoma, from I've Norman. I've never seen like when Blake Griffin was coming out. There wasn't this much. See, I don't remember the day that he did. He commit 
on a day? Like, did he have an announcement? I don't. I don't. He I don't really a, remember. He didn't have a big. I think he was visiting OU and he was in Cable's office or something. Is how I remember that story going. It's just I crazy. I that was the biggest, probably the biggest one that we've covered. I mean, I just I can't remember a time when there was that many cameras for an announcement in Oklahoma. And it was it was it was, I don't know, was five there? I know four was there. Uh, I didn't see nine was five. definitely there. All everybody Fox, Fox twenty five was, was there. Yeah, Fox Tulsa sent somebody. Did they really? Yeah, I think saw Heather. Uh, I think her name's Heather Gellerman or something like that. I think I mean I saw Kentucky guy there. It wasn't local news, but I saw Kentucky guy there. We know Kansas almost sent people there. That and that whole room that we were in was filled also with students to the brim. I think yeah, that whole thing was packed. I didn't. I didn't. I don't think even as much as I followed this thing, expected it to get as big as it got down the stretch because uh, I, I guess credit the young family for keeping stuff close to the vest i don't yeah. think people had a good read on them and what was going to happen and then that usa today article was was really cool because that was a new thing for recruiting guys don't do that very often that kind of access so i think all of that kind of piqued the interest late and you know oklahoma has not landed Oklahoma five stars outside of blake griffin it just doesn't happen and so i think once well it's like football they're not yeah. that plentiful Mm-hmm. You don't right. see him very often, but I mean, going back to like J.R. Giddens, you know, he goes to Kansas. You know, Daniel Orton, guys like that. That they've just ne- Obi Manillo goes to Oklahoma State. Five stars in the state, just for some reason, it hasn't worked out. And I think once people started to get maybe a little confident in Oklahoma that hey, we might actually get to keep you know one of our favorite sons home, I think that really got people excited around here. Well, and and like I said, you look at the history of it. Hollis Price was a good recruit. Uh, he wasn't. Uh, he was he wasn't a McDonald's All American, um, and he became one of the best players in college basketball. Got Oklahoma to a Final Four. It was really Blake Griffin that you know was the first person since Wayman Tisdale that was a nationally could have gone anywhere he wanted to go type of player. And now Trey Young is in that same mold. Yeah, if you remember the year Daniel Orton was at McGinnis, he's a five star in state, and Oklahoma couldn't barely get in the door with him. They had trouble getting him to listen to them but they go into texas and gay biker's fault and they go into texas and they land uh tiny gallon and tommy mason griffin and they get their five stars and their great players elsewhere but i think it's you know we we all have you know grown up in this area when you grow up you know playing football ou is the the destination the big place to go i want to go to ou one day when you play basketball those basketball players don't idolize ou as much as football players do they they wear, you know, North Carolina. Unless you are a ball boy and then, you know, you, you watch Blake Griffin play for Oklahoma and you're now going to be working out in the Blake Griffin, you know, training facility. That's how important these things can be. These decisions can be when someone says, well, is he even going to be better than Woodard? First of all, I think he will be better than Woodard. But think about the decision that Blake Griffin made and the ripple effect it had has led to till now. If Blake Griffin doesn't come to OU when Trey Young's a ball boy watching OU play. If they're not going to the NCAA tournament or they don't have Blake Griffin, he probably doesn't have the same infatuation. Or if Blake Griffin doesn't have the the pro career that he's had. Exactly. So all this stuff kind of compounds on each other and adds up uh, helping your program. And I, I think this is – and people are going to also – this is going to help Long Kruger talk to people. If he calls Kayvon Moore tomorrow, who's a five-star in the 2018 class, and says, hey, did you see who – who we just landed, we just landed Trey Young. Kayvon Moore is going to pick up the phone and talk to Lon Kruger now. Uh, it's it gives them some respect now in the college football, in the college football, college basketball world that they they honestly just didn't have before. Well, he, and I I think that you can credit a lot of it to Buddy Hill too, and yeah. being able to see what the way that he developed exactly. him into an NBA player and yeah. just you know 
it it's it's funny that there was so much you know that this thing kind of took on a life of its own and uh you know thinking back to last year even uh, while OU was on their Final Four run throughout the NCAA tournament and stuff, when you went to practice to get sound or uh, just to go out there, anytime that you were out there, there was a, I'd say a 65 to 70% chance Trey Young was out there at practice. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people just thought it was because he was close to home. But at the same time, I mean, I just, that relationship grew and grew and grew. And I think that, uh, you know, he Buddy Hill is definitely somebody that they still he still talks to. Uh, he obviously still talks to a bunch of guys. I, you know, you saw a picture of him and Kyrie Irving here last week when the, the Cavs were in town. So, uh, you know, it, OU can definitely parlay this into something big. And I think that, you know, you already saw that Eric Bossy, one of the national recruiting analysts, said that uh, uh, 2018 uh, Rivals 250 guard Jordan Lathan's going to, uh, out of Grandview, Missouri, he's going to visit on the 25th of February. So, uh, a lot of good things happening right now. Okay, before we move on and, and talk a little bit about there's been a bunch of new offers going out for football. We've got Junior Day is coming up. Uh, spring football coming up on the 21st. Uh, Josh, I want to get to some of that here. But first off, Joe, let's just kind of go through what it's been like for the last month. Uh, I mean, you you always heard these little things flowing out. Like uh, I remember hearing this thing, and it just struck me as funny the other day about, uh, oh, well, Trey Young had this discussion with Kevin Durant before he made his decision, and <laughs> Uh, that can't be good. Like there's so many twists and turns and uh, little rumors popping up. But uh, I mean, what was it like for you, kind of following this over the last month? And was there any real big turning point that you, that you felt or you remembered? Uh, um, this. I mean, it's been interesting, uh, especially this last month. Um, how long ago was that Rayford Young tweet? Was that three weeks ago that happened? Two weeks ago? Probably just over. Well, he played Stillwater. That would have been. It was the night of... A month, about a month. Everything I had been hearing, even up until that point, I mean, was that Oklahoma had confidence, that they had put in this groundwork that no matter where he became infatuated with next on a visit to Kansas or if John Calipari came to town, that they had built this foundation. And they, and to be honest, they, they, they really sold the family, the entire family, mom, the brothers. Trey said today that his little brother was the most excited out of everybody. Um, they, they really honed in... Uh, on that relationship and I, so when Rayford Young tweets out that um, he, he didn't like the way a reporter talked about Norman North and Trey and how they played and that's why he's gonna his son can't play at OU even even me who uh, I put in the reporting I was talking to people and I believed Oklahoma to be in the lead and I, I saw that and thought oh, okay well I guess I was wrong I mean that, that, that that's pretty plain and I immediately at that point started checking around with sources seeing what they had heard and I was shocked I, I kind of I almost wanted to hear back, uh, yeah, he's going to Kansas now. That way, I don't look like a crazy person. But everybody I talked to said, "No, we're still Oklahoma's still going to get him. This is just kind of a, a posturing move by Ray." And so I had to come. I've come back and report that. Then I, I think ever since then, when that didn't deter um, the confidence OU had that they were going to land Young, I thought, "Man, there must be really something here um, for their confidence." And then I think it kind of snowballed after that. And it was interesting because, like, I would get people that would call me. I can't say who they are, and they would be like, "What does Joe know? What does he know? What I mean, because like you're hearing all this ever since he said that, it seemed like all the mainstream media uh, and even people at my radio station, uh, all they talked about was it was going to be KU, and it was like you had to. I know what that's like. It's like you, it one, you're chasing down all your sources, you're hearing this constantly over and over. Yet there's this little 
person out there that keeps saying something different than what you're hearing and you're like, am I crazy? You're so right that you almost quest, start questioning yeah, yourself. It happens all the time on big stories. You have no I probably That's probably what I talk to my wife about the most. And she's probably going to be so glad not to hear the name Trey Young again. <laughs> but I, 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 was, I was so, I don't know what frustrated is the right word, but I, was, I guess I was confused because you know everything you learn to do the things that we do. I was checking sources, reporting, and, and going through all the things I was supposed to be doing. And I was just reporting what I was hearing and what I was looking at. And there are people around me saying 100% Kansas. And I'm talking to people who were telling me Oklahoma's leading. So maybe he might have ended up going to Kansas, but I knew at the time that 100% Kansas, that, that can't be true unless someone's just flat out lying to me. And also, he's an 18-year-old kid, so I'm hearing all these things. And, and to be honest, I, I felt pretty good about this a while ago, and I, I, I really felt strong about this this week. But I'm... If, if he picks Kansas, if he pulls a he who shall not be named, as the scoop board will call him, Robert Meacham, and, and everybody thinks he's going to Oklahoma, and he, he, and he kind of spurs me at the end, I, 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 you know, there's nothing I can do about that. I'm going to look stupid if that happened. So, yeah, that was, that was concerning. But, I, like I said, I, I, I just did what, uh, what we're supposed to do. I talked to people, and I, I told you what I heard. You really should have called me or Josh. We could have, like, talked you off the ledge. I was. It wasn't really like a ledge. It was more of a. Um, I'm a pessimist. Um, I know the worst case scenario before it happens. I always plan for it. So um, I, I even though I, I was telling people, I, I was 99% sure he called Oklahoma and committed yesterday. I still was kind of scared to run with it because he's an 18 year old kid and everybody else is saying Kansas, and so I, I, I have to make sure I have all of my uh, T's crossed and I's dotted. Well, and Josh has been there too. I mean, you oh. you get you get that, and you just have to remind yourself. Look, I know what I'm doing. I've I've worked hard on this. I've checked with my sources are good, and then you just to yourself, you tell yourself that other guy's an idiot and he doesn't know what he's doing. I'm with you. That is one of those things. And Joe, I don't know about for you. One of my biggest things that I have to fight when I go through that kind of stuff is not calling my sources over and over and over right. again and being like, are you sure? Are you sure of what you've told? Like, how confident are you? Because it it just, I'm with you. Like, I get into that self-doubt, and I'm like, everybody, am I just way off on this? I, I can tell you a perfect one, and Eddie was with me. We were going through it, the Joe Mixon thing. Everybody in the world thought that kid was going to UCLA, and I'm like, man, I, that's not what I'm hearing. It doesn't sound right. And everybody I talked to was super confident and felt good about it. And so I went with it. And I think everybody thought, oh, he's just being a homer or something. And he picks OU. But at the same time, look at Jacob Phillips. I mean, it's you can't step out on a ledge repeatedly and not get burned. It'll happen sometimes. But I have been where you are. Enjoy this whole day. Drink yourself stupid tonight. <laughs> like, you just – you deserve you, – you've, you've gone above and beyond. This has been awesome to watch you cover it. All right, uh, Joe, yeah, fantastic job covering this thing. Uh, you led it all the way. You were with it all the way. And I think if it would have turned, you probably would have heard that it turned. So yeah. oh, it's, yeah. it's your first big one. You bagged your first big one. You could see that there's a picture of, uh, of us at the, the presser today or the commitment today. I was still I was on my phone up until the second he announced just waiting to hear something I didn't expect to hear, but never happened. And the thing that was weird about this one was like, I would tell my closest friends like, yeah, I, th I think it's going to be OU. I don't think there's anything to worry about. And they would constantly, the next day, so what's Trey Young going to do? I was like, I told you yesterday, it's <laughs> OU. Yep. I just The next day, where's he going? There's just that draw, I think, that 
a lot of people, you know, just looking at the face value of it, they see Oklahoma struggling this year. Yeah, you look it, at it Kansas. It is hard from the outside to put it all together. To the, the, why you just got to peel sense? everything back, and everything makes a lot more sense if you do. I think. I, I, well, Eddie, you talked about earlier this week that Kansas West Virginia game. Like, if you if you're looking at that from outside, you're thinking this is awful for OU. Oh like, yeah, this, and this they make a just thirteen point comeback. The thing about it, though, is I remember that my last hoop scoop I posted Monday, I thought I, I did a, as good a job as I could kind of going through the arguments of why, uh, as best as I could without revealing everything, of why he's going to pick OU, um, his relationship with Long Kruger, the fact that they've had this spot open for him, the offense they run, the fact that Kansas is going to have three guys that could possibly play the point next year, two of them five stars. So th- th- everything seemed to be pointing uh, to OU, and I tried to articulate that as well as I could and it, it didn't matter, and I don't blame OU fans either. I think a lot of that is um, you have a bad year on the court. Um, they just lost Jacob Phillips in football. You just start to expect some bad things to happen, and you know we know OU fans. I, I think that's kind of a general attitude in general where there's kind of this feeling of, all right, well, what, what, what bad thing's going to happen next? So I, I don't blame people for thinking it was going to be Kansas from the outside, but I did as best as I could to try to show you what was happening on uh, the inside of what was going on. All right, you did a fantastic job. I, I want to move on and talk a little bit about uh, what's going on with the football team and, and recruiting right now. But, uh, Josh, to start with you, I mean, a lot of new offers have been coming out. Uh, uh, staff, I know, saw a picture of them Skyping today. I can't remember who the recruit was. Uh, but uh, kind of going all over the place and getting some offers out there. Kind of what are your, your initial impressions of what you've seen the last couple of weeks? Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, I think the thing you notice is – that Oklahoma, I mean, it's been everywhere. You know, a defensive lineman in Chicago, some DBs out of the southeast. Uh, th- there's been some new offers in Texas. Uh, uh, Missouri, I mean, I, you know, guys, we went to that St. Louis camp last year kind of on a lark thinking we were going to see a couple of Oklahoma guys. We have to go this year. There's like seven offers in St. Louis for Oklahoma. Like, I mean, it's crazy how many Missouri area guys, uh, Kansas City, St. Louis kind of, the entire Missouri area. Well, and why not Oklahoma's hit that area? I mean, with, with, so that's with been what, a huge story. Why not hit that area with Missouri being down like they are? Arkansas has been down. Uh, I mean, it's 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 been shown that those guys are kind of lost a little bit. They don't know what they're. I mean, the Big Twelve footprint is gone from that part of the country. It's almost like that is probably one of the most wide open recruiting areas in the country right now. Uh, I agree completely. I mean, I think you look at that. I think you look at a lot of the Pac-12 region just because it's kind of USC and then, you know, who, who really steps into that vacuum is the obvious number two. Oregon down, the, UCLA down. Yeah, I mean, you know, Oregon's had their run. Washington's hot right now. You know, obviously Stanford had a great recruiting class, but Stanford can't just go into every school in the, in the state of California and go recruit. They've got a lot of limitations. So that's why that's always been good to Oklahoma, in my opinion. But, yeah, I, I think you just look all over, and I think Oklahoma is – you know, just being – they're continuing the trend. I had someone ask me, you know, oh, is Oklahoma doing something new in 2018? No, this is what they've been doing for three or four years, and you saw it all kind of come to a head with the 2017 class where they got in early, they built relationships, and those kids were involved with OU from early on. In 2018, you're just seeing the same thing. Obviously going to have their second junior day this weekend. I thought the first one went pretty well, even though there were no commitments. Uh, I'm starting to hear some good talk of this weekend could go a little differently in that regard. I, am I just kind of that? I'm just in that mode. I guess I'm just too cynical. But I just keep thinking about like the 2019 class. 
Like the fact that Cameron Rising is the quarterback in that class. 18. Or 18. Um, and I'm thinking, like, you know, what are the chances Lincoln Riley is here another year? And, and what are the chances that kind of sticks? I mean, you see Cameron kind of tweeting out still when he gets new offers and things like that. Um, I just, I don't know. I wonder, I wonder how that dynamic holds up when you start talking about receivers and quarterbacks. Because I think this is the year they're going to have to battle that more than they did this last year. I think you're dead on, but I think there are two things to think about. A, OU's aware of it, and he said he's aware of it. I mean, Cameron Cameron acknowledges it. It's not like he's, you know, OU shielding him from it. They're very aware of it. It's why Bob has been more active in his recruitment. You're seeing other guys on the staff, you know, Kale Gundy's very active. So that he's talking to more than just Lincoln Riley. Now, obviously, Lincoln is a big part of his decision, a big part of why he chose Oklahoma. But the other thing to remember that's really interesting, and Lincoln Riley talked about it with you guys on signing day, quarterbacks decide so early. So by December, when Lincoln, you know, let's just say Lincoln Riley does take another job, he'll take that job in late November at earliest, probably into December. So you've got that going on. And by that point in time, any program that Cameron Rising is going to feel like, well, that's a good option for me that's probably equivalent to Oklahoma, you know, without their offensive coordinator. They're going to have their quarterback position locked away for six months by that point in time. So they're not going to have a spot. Texas isn't going to have a spot. USC has already, excuse me, has already got their quarterback. Uh, Washington, I mean, you go down that list, there's not going to be a spot at a major program for him to go to. So either he's going to have to take a step down or continue on with the relationships that Oklahoma is trying to build right now. So I think, I don't get me wrong, it's not impossible. But it's just one of those things where if it was a receiver, yeah, that something could definitely go wrong there. But at quarterback, these guys just decide so early because they know they're kind of the table setter for the whole pro uh, for the whole class that it ends up December. There's not a lot of places to move. It can't hurt to have Bray Walker already in the fold at left tackle. That has to make a quarterback feel good to know that you have a borderline five star left tackle there to protect you once you get to Oklahoma. And by the way. Starting a class with that level of a quarterback and that level of a left tackle, that's that's a good way. That's a good foundation to build a class from right there. I, I don't I don't know if you can pick two better positions uh, on offense to really start building your class. That was my thought. I mean, if, if you're going to build a class, especially in the Big 12, where the heck else would you want to start, man? I mean, quarterback and left tackle, you build everything out from there. And, again, it's not like you're doing it without a foundation already there. I mean, you know, and – you talked about, oh, yeah, he's got Bray Walker. Yeah, he's also got Marquise Hayes and Tyrese Robinson right. and Adrian Ely and you know Creed Humphrey from the year before, not to mention a young offensive line that will be there his first year on campus, at, you know, at least in about 80% of its entirety. So, I mean, there is a lot to sell Cameron Rising on, even without Lincoln Riley, and that's, that's what Oklahoma can bank on at the moment. And isn't this kind of your year where you're really set up if you're Oklahoma – uh, this is where I know they've already offered the number one all-purpose guy, but this is where you set yourself up to go get an Adrian Peterson, a Demarco Murray, a Joe Mixon, isn't it? It's perfect for the, that time. Exactly. This this is where you try to hit that home run because I mean, you know, people say, oh well, you know, Ohio State or Georgia or whatever they they recruit a top you know five running back every year. Oklahoma doesn't live in that world. Like a because Texas doesn't produce running backs like it used to because all the guys are playing receiver or you know or kind of dual threat quarterbacks or whatever so it's not like it used to be at running back in texas so you can go out and try to get tj pledger i mean like 
Trey Sermon and Marcellus Sutton, or Marcellus Sutton and Kennedy Brooks, those are good players. They're not going to scare anybody off. T.J. Pledger is not afraid, like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to get on the field with those guys there. They're good players, but he knows he can play with them. If Adrian Peterson's sitting there, that's that's a tougher sell. You know, Everybody knows that guy. Everybody knows he's big time. If you get Pledger next year, you may have to work around him a little bit because people are going to know who he is. So, yeah, this is the year to hit home runs at – you know, uh, really at inside linebacker, running back, defensive line. I mean, you don't have anybody there that you can say, I just don't know if the playing time's there for you. You come in and you're good enough, dude, you're going to play. Just to clarify, I I would guess T.J. Pledger is that guy in 2018. Yeah, you know, I, I don't think there's any question. I will say that I know, talking to some people, OU likes the Lynn J. Dixon kid. That's uh, It's a three-star in Rivals. But he's got, you know, Alabama, Clemson. He's got some major offers. Um, they like him a lot. I, I know that they like the Lorenzo Lingard kid that just committed to Miami quite a bit as well. But I, I think Miami was always going to be really tough to beat for him. To me, Pledger is where your focus is. And then maybe a regional guy like Keontae Ingram, who's going to be in this weekend. Uh, the kid from East Texas that's a really, really good player. Uh, but, you know, if you could get any combination that includes TJ Pledger and you know, like I said, any combination, Eddie Rad, Radosovich, Radosovich could be part of the class, and if Pledger's part of it, the running back group's going to be a success. Well, it'd be really, really damn good if Eddie Radosovich was in it. Well, I don't know that Radosovich. everybody knows that the nickname at Putnam North for Mr. Radosovich was Fast Eddie, so, you know, let's just let's be clear about that. I'll just say this. I had a nickname, Sam Bradford didn't, so we'll just put it, <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Whose career panned out better? Uh, I'd say mine right now. Who's on the podcast? I say Eddie's going to be in the sports broadcasting Hall of Fame. I don't know if Sam's going to have a Hall of Fame career. That's watch your mouth. <laughs> now, see, it's his guy, Joe. You can't say that. He can say it. You can't say it. <sighs> All right. <laughs> so what's going to what's going to be interesting <laughs> is, uh, you know, I don't know how much is going to be available to show for this Junior Day. Uh, the lockers are obviously we've seen those a little bit. Uh, but the coaches are still in there. You know, I saw them skyping in their good old trusty offices today. I got to, I got to kill myself kick out of that. I would want to kill myself by now if I'd been living in those trailers for this long. I did not realize they were. I mean, I knew they were bad, but just seeing that picture this morning, I guess that's in the shuffle. bud. But is that where that was? Yeah, that's the conference room in the bud. Anytime you have, which a, also doubles as Lincoln Riley's office. Yeah, because you, you went in those offices, uh -huh. didn't you? Mm -hmm. I don't think I've been in there yet. Looks like a 70s den or something with the wood paneling. Like, I can imagine a guy mm -hmm. sitting down it's there. It's not as bad as it looks on that Skype I think so. That looks like plywood paneling. It's, I mean, it's not, you would get sick of it by now. I mean, it's not good. Bob's, but they gotta be, Bob's office is nice in there. But everything else has been a rendering. So, if I, I, think, I think the locker rooms are about the closest thing, and then the weight rooms are getting there. But I don't think, like, the offices and stuff and the, the trophy rooms and that... That's not going to be ready yet. No, because they're still like they're still working on that the very very front part. I think yeah, they'll get the they should have the locker rooms and uh, I would think this the weight room done by beginning of by June one so they can move in. Well, you know what I asked around. I said uh, you know is moving the start of spring to March twenty first is that an indication that you know they're waiting to get the locker rooms done? I was told that not really, but. You know that could be something that that they're looking at a little bit. So not really, but it kind of goes along with what they're trying to do. Yeah, I mean, I think they they'd like to. I don't. 
I don't get the sense that they're really, and I don't drive by there as much like I usually do when it's during the season, but I never, when they, when they started working again after they got the, the south end zone finish, I never got the sense that there was much of a hurry to do things. Like, it was almost like they would get so much crap done so fast, and now it's back to kind of just regular pace, and they're not, they don't, the crews aren't just overwhelming, and I, I guess it's probably just because they don't have a rush timeline to get it done this time of year. You know, talk about uh, getting stuff into place. They already have gates around the south end of the Lloyd Noble Center. Like, they're going to start construction on the Blake Griffin thing. Wow. ASAP. In fact, I, I was talking to uh, somebody the other day at practice, and they said that um, I think the media, you know, everybody goes through the south entrance now. I think we have a different one starting next week because they're they have everything already being moved. That in. ramp wow. there is going to be gone. Yeah. Wow. That the the facilities they have for their practice facilities and things like that are top of the line. They they can bring kids in and show them that stuff, and they're fine. When it, that Lloyd, the Lloyd Noble Center, they have to fix that thing. There's no way that that can stay the way it is for this. They they put together a master plan, uh, but when the when they realized that they could not even do the uh, uh, west side stands, the whole basketball renovation got tabled. I mean, that's something they want to do, and they want to work. And there are plans. They're not releasing them because they're not for the public to see. They're just for study purposes right now. But, yeah, I mean, I've talked to Joe C. about this. I mean, they want to they do something with, you know, the upper concourse. Uh, they want to make it more like a, you know, a standard, uh, you know, a, a, a more modern arena. But it's going to take a lot of work to do it, and they they just can't they can't commit to that right now, knowing that they can't even do the West Side yet. Oh, a football, no, the football stadium. Yeah. yeah, they the the thing that they could just do is they they just need to go in and because the building is okay, it's just the way that everything's set up. They need to yeah. do something to where so spread out. Yeah, spread out, and everything's just it's, it's a multi use. Yeah, it's a bad know, facility. Arena. Yeah. You could go to, I mean, you go to, and it's a big comparison, like Fog Allen. You go to Gallagher Eye, but those fans are right on top mm-hmm. of you. And there's Gallagher Eye was kind of scary. It's so steep. Yeah, but that, yeah. It's, that's great for an environment. And in Lloyd Noble, you're, you're, you know, 20 feet away from the floor, and then it immediately spreads out. It doesn't go kind of up, it goes out yeah. and back. And it's, it's this, you know, 70s arena. It's kind of cold and concrete. And I don't know. I, I, you can say what you will about fans not showing up and stuff, but they have done little to make that place an enticing place to come. Also, stick the students where the camera can see them. If th- you're going to have empty seats at midcourt, stick the students there. Why tuck them up behind the basket? It makes no sense to me. You're not making that much money off of those prime floor seats. It's like deja vu, man. We've always tried to. We always. Josh tried to and move I have down. heard these same things. Yeah. Since we were in school, it, it's the same thing it's every an year. Age old argument about Lloyd Noble. I'm gonna I'm gonna toss my argument onto the pile. Sonny, you didn't just reinvent the argument. <laughs> I'm bringing it up again. I'm I'm raising the social consciousness about the Lloyd Noble Center. There were hippies long before you. <laughs> uh, okay, so Junior Day, kind of back to that thing. I mean, obviously, and it was kind of interesting because you know they've in these plans that they have coming forward, and we've talked about this a lot, just about Oklahoma putting to the forefront winning championships and trophies and they're going to have you know kind of like their trophy lobby or whatever is now going to be where all the big 12 trophies and then they're they're ordering the i don't maybe they had this in the old switzer center i never went in there so i don't know uh recently 
but they're going to order all seven of the crystal footballs now for the seven national championship. So they'll all be sitting out where people can touch it and recruits can get pictures with it and stuff like that. But it's obviously they'll probably set stuff up in the, you know, up in the um, Kermit or the Chesapeake Lounge like it was last year where they put the tables out with all the trophies they've ever won on it. And that's how they broke the yeah. Big 12 yeah. trophy last time. Uh, but Josh, I mean, that that seems to be. I mean, that seems to be kind of what we're in for once again is kind of running things like they did a year ago, right? Yeah, I think that's that's what they're going to be left with. And, you know, I think with when I talk to people about the first junior day, like more than ever, I heard the kids talking about, man, the facilities, what they're going to be doing is amazing. Because, like, it's not just, um, you know, like an idea. It's not just something, oh, here it is on paper. They can start to see it. You know, we all saw the thing that Sooner Sports put out, you know, just here is the lockers and all this. You kind of mentioned that earlier. But now you get to see a, a, a better, more clear, you know, idea of what it's going to be and just how massive it is. That's the thing that when they were showing the tour, I kept expecting to see like, oh, here's, okay, there's that thing I've kind of seen before. And they're going to walk past it to get to this other thing. It's also isolated. It's huge. I, I, I don't think I had it in my head how big the scale of this thing is going to be. Yeah, and that's, you know, like Schmitty giving the tour about this is where we work out, this is where we do our 40s and our shuttles yeah. and stuff like He can take them through that process. And now, you a year ago at this time, you couldn't see all that stuff. Now you can because it was just, like you said, a skeleton. I mean, Eddie, this year, that at this time last year, they were just starting in on the corners, weren't they? Like it was just steel and beams and things or i was looking i actually was looking back uh, for the teaser that we did when they announced uh, the start of spring football and i look back at uh, the day that we were able to go into uh, the stadium and shoot and shoot video of the team practicing and so uh-huh. that would have been about a year from from now and that was like they had half of the it was like it was yeah, just half of the steps on like one of the corners yeah it was the just the skeleton just almost yeah. of the south end zone i mean so now they actually have roofs over their heads they got outside yeah. facade they can see where the practice fields are going to be they can see where the weight room is going to be the, the lockers are already in there i'm still not convinced i guess that they have room for a practice field but that's probably just me being pessimist pessimistic I guess they're going to still put it over there in the south. My only two questions. They'll like, have I one guess, full left, field. The field over in the southeast corner. It'll be that one, the far or southwest, yeah, far western part of the practice facility. And then I guess my other question is, are they going to take down that the the wrought iron fence around the south? I don't think so. Around Lindsay? They're going to keep that so. up? I think so. Kind of looks trashy in my opinion, but whatever. Not that big of a deal. I don't know. Maybe they'll do something different once the stadium's. I guess it'd just be more like inviting. I mean, all it is in there right now is just dirt and trucks. Yeah. I guess I just feel like it's a very small area. That looks small with just dirt and trucks, though. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I I mean, yeah, it'll definitely be better for them. They won't. And it was funny because Bob, I remember Bob talking about, uh, or maybe it was Lincoln, somebody had not really known kind of what they were doing. They're talking about doing the barbecue and stuff last year. And, I would imagine that over the summer, that stuff will kind of continue, wouldn't you, Josh? What was that? Sorry, I zoned out into a moment of little Nicky, so I don't know how to explain that one other than that. Good flick. Uh, just the thing, I mean, I, I could see them maybe coming up with some new things this year, but probably sticking with, like, the barbecue and stuff like they did a year ago. Yeah, you know, I, I think that was such a success. You, you've got to consider, you know, doing that again. But I'm with you, like... You know, that's something a lot of schools do. And I think where Oklahoma will start to succeed is when they start to 
do more things, you know, where they're just coming up with things on their own. They're creating a new idea and doing something totally different. But with that barbecue, you kind of have laid the foundation. We, we can do things like this. We know how to kind of run them, how to operate it, what's inbound, what isn't. You know, so they, they can do all of those things. But, yeah, I, I don't – to me, I, I've always been a big fan of them trying to turn their camp into like, uh, you know, an elite one-day thing. Like USC has the rising stars – and, you know, Urban Meyer always says the Friday Night Lights thing. Something like that to where you're turning coming into your camp and working out for the coaches into a big deal. Yeah, I've actually brought that up to Bob several times about the Friday Night Lights deal. Uh, you know, Tech does the thing where they go to Lub- or they go to like uh, different towns and things like Midland and stuff yep. like that. I think playing at their spring game at the Star is genius. It's pretty good. You couldn't get away with that with OU, though. Too many people. Too many. It's only seats fourteen thousand, I think, or twelve thousand. Yeah, you'd have half a DFW there. You'd have to do it at Cherry World, which would be awesome. <laughs> that would be stupid. It would be the most over overhyped, overblown thing ever. But there would be a lot. Trust of me, I'm, I'm, like 50- I'm sure after selling all these new suites and things that they have to have the spring game at their stadium so they can promise the people that they can go hang out in their suites yeah i guess this would be the first year that they can actually do that uh, but eddie look at look at your guy harbaugh you know you said you overhyped or whatever yeah that that he's real he's he's bit into the fact that it doesn't really matter if it's real it matters that the kids like it like him go him climbing up in the tree and playing mm-hmm. with the kid or jumping into the pool and that's very michael stuff. jackson-esque like, yeah, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. It, it's dumb, like, and it is what it is. But the kids respond to it because it makes them like, oh, I'm a big deal. Like, it makes every kid feel like they're a big deal. What you brought Harbaugh up? What do you think about him hiring uh, highly ranked players' dads? I until there's a rule again. I mean, I, I it's one of those things. Like, I get that, like, morally, it's not all that strong. But my moral compass has never been that strong. So. Like, I, I'm not going to judge him for it. Like, I get why people get up in arms about it, but this has been going on forever. I mean, yeah. go back to Danny Manning. Like, I mean, you go back forever and ever to coaches ending up on staffs that, you know, suddenly, oh, yeah, and he coached or is the stepfather or uncle or, you know, that has some direct connection to a major recruit. Happens all the time. I, you know, and it's just like, do I love it? No, it's, it's, it's shady, but. If you wanted to do something about it, put a rule in about it. The, like it's not that hard to block. The the basketball's number one player in the country, Michael Porter, uh, Trey Young's AAU teammate, is committed to Washington, and his dad just got hired by Lorenzo Romar as an assistant coach. I mean, that's that's it's just, a coincidence. Come on, Joe, that's total coincidence. Well, the thing about Harbaugh's <laughs> thing is they've got a rule in place ready to block this stuff, but because he's hiring his dad two years before his son graduates high school, it would still usurp the rule they're trying to put in. <laughs> And, you know, I, I guess that's fine. I mean, you know, A, if the dad wants to believe he's getting the job on his own merit, okay, Well, the, the fine, dad has a connection. He coached Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. I think when he was just not a high nobody. School. Yeah, he's not. He's no, not. no, no. Yeah. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, Harbaugh's not going to hire somebody. Like, he's not going to hire me to come be his quarterback's coach or something. But, like, I, I, I understand that. But at the same well, you time, like, if you tell Jim, you can hire anybody in the country or you can hire this kid's dad. He's not going to hire that kid's dad if that kid's if that kid is five foot eight and one hundred and fifty pounds. How close was he, you know? How close was OU to offering uh, 
Jim Jeffcoat when Jackson Jeffcoat was play- wasn't wasn't that kind of rumored at the time that Jim Jeffcoat could come join the Sooner staff when Jackson was being recruited? That was that was going around. And Kerry, what was the deal with, with that? Wasn't he was, was that a, when Jackie was let go? Yeah, he was a he was a candidate to replace Jackie, and and yeah, it got really awkward though because I think he and Jackie are like really tight, and there was no way that Jim was going to replace Jackie after getting fired, basically. So it'd just be kind of... And it's, remember, his sister was playing basketball at OU already. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, I, yeah and, I, and I, the funny thing was is I never had much contact with Jackson directly. I always dealt with Jim. And so when that kind of converged, I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do right. I mean, it was such a weird and awkward situation because like, I, I knew he didn't want to talk to me because he thought I was going to lead into a question about him. And I really was going to try to keep it above board, but you know, certainly if he wanted to tell me he was, you know, interviewing with OU the next day, that would have been fine. Yeah, it never really developed. It, it was just kind of it kind of dangled there. If you have a worthy enough coach, and you're you know you're trying to make a decision on who to hire, the guy with the kid who's a five star is not a bad way to make a decision, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, but eventually you just got another Bruce Kittles on your hand. <laughs> Yeah, but his son went to Iowa. It's not this. I mean, George. No, Kitt. what I'm saying is, is you still getting a coach at Oklahoma for one kid doesn't make any sense. Oh, that's to true. Me. But I'm saying if, if I mean Jim Jeffcoat's reliable enough. I mean that would have been. No, he's a he's a quality coach, but I think right. he's retired now. I think he's at he Colorado. Has, is he at Colorado? He's a defensive line oh. coach, I think. That's right. That is right. I I think I stumbled upon that when I was looking at the uh, Caleb on Shashan stuff there towards signing day josh colorado kind of reminded me of this big guess big 12 north stuff what what is going on with kansas in 2018 in football what is up with their class right now they have tapped into a kind of like we were just talking about with missouri there's a vacuum in new orleans right now because a bunch of new orleans coaches you know i know you guys know because we all talked about the story uh are pissed off with lsu and their handling of a former assistant and to me, who ended up at I, Texas Tech, right? Yeah, and you know, it's one of those things where he's kind of got this reputation as a big-time New Orleans recruiter. But you look at what he brought in for LSU last year, and you're like, I, I don't know what that's about. Like, I don't know what I'm excited about here because it's a bunch of guys that LSU should be landing, and then a bunch of guys left Louisiana that you don't need. You know, at LSU, you don't want those guys leaving. A lot of them went to Alabama, so it only kind of throws fuel on the fire. But what basically has happened is they hired, uh, Kansas that is, hired Tony Hull, who was the former coach at Warren Easton, uh, the high school that produced uh, Arthur McGinnis and um, one-time commitment Pernell Jefferson. So, I mean, there's some OU connection there. They hired him as a running backs coach, and he is so respected and liked and well-connected in New Orleans that I, I think, I honestly think it's a ploy. I think a lot of people... I think it was A, to kind of stick it to LSU a little bit, and B, it helps out one of their own. The coaches, you know, the high school coaches down there can say, hey, you know, give him a commitment. It gives Kansas some pub. It makes Tony look good. And at the same time, we all know you're not going to Kansas. I mean, I would bet my bottom dollar that there is no four-star kid or higher that signs with Kansas from the state of Louisiana this year. Like, I, even with all this on the board, I, I don't buy it for a minute. It You're saying when it's all said and it's done, too obvious. you think yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Down the road, next signing day, I, I, I won't buy that for a minute. So, I mean, we'll see. Maybe I'll be wrong. But I think it's just Kansas 
really taking advantage of a good situation and smart for them to do it. Like, right. you know, hey, guys, you're going to commit. We kind of know the deal here. We know it's going to be hard to keep you, but we can get a lot of good press out of that, maybe get some other kids that we do have a shot at interested and kind of play it that way. So now I don't think it's that uh, subversive or anything like that. But I think that's probably the inner workings, kind of what's going on, you know, I guess in their mind's eye. Yeah, and then if they blow two ACLs tomorrow, Kansas can say, well, we have a spot for you. We'll exactly. take it. We have, yep. we have no problem waiting. Yeah, they, they, could on, they could amputate Devontae Jason's legs and Kansas <laughs> would take him. So that, that kid's special. So in other words, Josh is calling these alternative commitments. <laughs> oh, no. See, band. Band. I need the band noise. Where, where's my band noise? You couldn't hear it even if I had one. <laughs> Damn if, we, it. if we just all started talking politics, there's nothing Josh could do. So he's, true. He's eight hours away. Fake news. <laughs> Damn it. All right. Uh, you know, it's the off season, and uh, there's not a whole lot out there. Uh, I do expect to kind of be getting more into spring football stuff, and uh, now that next week I'm taking off from radio, so you'll see a little bit more of me. Uh, doing some stuff around the site. But let me just ask you, Josh, I don't know where you are in your fandom these days, if you have just gone full-on Harden, uh, or if you got... Did you get uh, wrapped up at all in the uh, war, the Warriors-Thunder game? I, you know, what's funny is... I not care anymore about us. I watched it, and I kept, like, I kept trying... Like, every time I, they would they'd get down by, like, 20, I'm like, God, I can't watch it anymore. And then Eddie would tweet something. I'm like, oh, damn it. I got to go back. And I'd watch it again for a little while. And But I missed the best part. Missed I missed the, the whole KD-Russell argument. That's, that's what killed me. Loser. I know. I know. I, I will admit, I tried to quit, and then I felt so guilty I had to turn it back. And just I was just fortunate that they didn't get down by 40 because I really would have just turned it off and gone to bed. But that was glorious, that KD and Russ fight. If you just put like a piece of tape over the the score bug on your TV and just watch that for the basketball, that was so worth all four quarters, despite whatever the hell the score said. Just those two guys playing basketball was just so much effing fun to watch. I don't care that the Thunder lost by twenty thirty. That was fun. Eddie still seems to be disgusted by it all. Oh, very much. I I watch every. You know, I've, I've told a lot of people this in the last couple of weeks, and they laugh when I say it, thinking I'm joking, but. Every night before I go to bed, I pray that Kevin Durant has a career-ending injury. Oh my god! That doesn't surprise me. Like I want, I watch the games because I want to be there. I want to be watching when he pops his knee. You watch Golden State games just for that? Yeah, I want to be watching when his career goes down in flames. I hate that son of a bitch. I mean, you can recover from a torn ACL. No, I want him to pop his Achilles. I want somebody to actually cut his Achilles. Eddie wants it like Teddy Bridgewater. Is yeah. What he's wanting. Yeah. But would I you, want him to die. Would you rather have that or him just. <laughs> <laughs> what, what if he just die started playing from bad? A torn LCL, ACL, and PCL? Whatever. I, I, I hate like him. A, like, a, like maybe his uh, artery gets severed in the process. I think he's the softest person in the world. My softest Eddie, people he, ranking right now he's Kevin one. Durant, one, Tim Kawakami, two, and. Uh, That's what I wanted to bring up. Somebody Eddie else got three. banned from the Bay Area. Probably the guy that runs Barry Tulsa's Trammel. Twitter account. The Barry Trammell of the Bay Area banned Eddie. Uh, was it b even before the game He blocked started? me before the game. 
Because you took issue with one of his articles. Yeah, because he Which wrote it, an it article. Was a stupid it was a article. dumb article. It was. And I didn't even tweet him. I just retweeted it and said, confirmed. You quote tweeted. Yeah, I quoted it and I said, confirmed. Tim Kawakami's <laughs> one trillion percent soft. And then he blocked me <laughs> and uh, said something to the effect of, it looks like I won't be invited to the next videographer's conference. And somebody else was like, oh, man. And then I just Burn. I tweeted him back again, and I said, you are soft. Oh, man. And then he blocked you. Yeah, and then he blocked me. But, yeah. Are you guys big blockers? No. No, no. I don't, I don't block hardly anyone. I, like, block, I think I have, like, three or four people at most. I block fake accounts from that that are done by people that just do it to antagonize. Like, it's always like a fake personality from a, a I would say competing, but another radio station. Like those, I can tell. Anytime I see a fake Jim Traber or a fake, uh, you know, radio host at another station, I can just tell it's it's a someone with without a sense of humor that thinks they're funny and they're they're either just mean or stupid uh, or just they're just assholes. Yeah, and they're not. If they're you're not gonna funny. run a fake account, you got to be funny. You got to take not, yes, there's not take witty jabs at people. Yeah, but they're not witty. They're not funny. They're no. just mean spirited assholes. Yep. Yeah, and they think they're funny, which is always the worst it's just this mean nastiness negativity it's like all right well that's fine i don't care and all you have to do is look at their timeline and it's just them responding to other people they're never tweeting themselves Mm -hmm. about anything all they do is they troll they go to other people and respond to them and say horrible things how do you decide who to say something back to because i mean if you someone says something horrible to you you check and they have like two followers you don't want to give them attention. you have to have some type of intelligence uh wit or to be funny in some way for me to get into it with yeah. you. Like it, yeah. if if I could tell that you're just there to be a troll, I'm not wasting my time with you. No. They I I won't block anybody. I'll mute a lot of people just so I they don't come up in my timeline. I'm not going to give them the time of day to block them though. See, I don't do any like I will argue with any as you guys have been the victim of following too many times like shut up Josh, you we're reading all of this. So I I argue with everyone, but the the thing I will like kind of what you guys are talking about, I can never decide if I hate Fopolini or if I like him because I, like I think him. he's hilarious. I like But Fo- I hate him because now everybody tries to do that thing yeah, and they yeah. can't pull it off like he does. I like Fodan Bibi. It's kind of like a recruiting website. Fodan Bibi was funny. Does Big 12 refs count? I like Big 12 refs. Uh, Big 12 refs is really good. Have you guys ever read Glasses refs? He's like supposed to be like the Pac-12 ref. No, I haven't seen this guy. Uh, Ryan Abraham retweets him all the time. He's he's really funny. It's possible. I just think it's the, the good ones are always the tip of the iceberg. There's a yeah. lot of crap underneath the yeah. good ones. Absolutely. I mean, and I... I'll read any. Like, I usually will follow if you get one, and then I'm, I'm kind of like, oh, no, that's not funny, and then I'll unfollow pretty quickly, so... But not big on the block. Like, I, you're welcome to talk to me, and I'm probably going to make fun of you if you continue to say stupid stuff. So, I get nervous to talking to people or fighting with people, which doesn't happen very often. I'm pretty happy go lucky. But if it does happen, I I never trust myself that people won't take me as like being condescending or that kind of stuff, and it just never ends up well. I sometimes just have to be a condescending smartass. Like sometimes the other day, just, I, every once in a while. The other day, for no reason, I, like. I don't know why I keep following Craig Smoke. He's kind of like the Baylor Homer radio guy. Uh, and then there's this other girl who I've I started following a bunch. I follow people all over the conference. I just do. I mean, sometimes I have interesting things. And there's this one girl at a TV station there in Waco, I guess. I don't know. Does Waco have TV stations? Um, 
but like Craig Smoke had like someone had been hired from a high school or it, it was a high school hiring and it was like a SID position or something and Craig Smoke tweeted it out and then the girl followed it up by quote tweeting and said no surprise here blah 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 and I just I couldn't help myself I had to say I love it I when saw that. reporters crap on each other and she was like oh I know I was pointing out that it wasn't surprise and then I just responded <laughs> I know and that's all I don't know if she blocked me but I I do find that I don't like the pettiness sometimes between reporters because I get involved in that but if someone is if you know something's getting ready to happen and you're on top of it that and somebody else kind of officially breaks it you just live with it yeah. i mean it's it, you don't have to be petty and say well that's not a surprise to anyone who's been who's been following it i'd love the pettiness but i don't like that type of pettiness i guess is the best yeah. way to put it like i love getting into it with catch actually yeah oh god uh I, I probably would like to see that if it was between Texas reporters, but people in Waco don't deserve my time. No. They're that's just a it's a sad state of affairs down there. They it's a it's a pathetic university. Actually they did something pretty cool, which is the regents uh wanna make their meetings uh their agenda open to the public. When they have uh Board of Regents meetings, even though they're a private university, they don't have to do that at all. But they want to do like OU does. Well, they, which I think is very cool. They, they should. Welcome to. They want their money back. Welcome to They're public 25%. oversight. They're twenty five percent. They're losing money, and they want to. They want to get it back up. I bet you're right. It's better when the public can have oversight. So anyway, <laughs> uh, any other, I don't know, uh, areas of interest recruiting wise you want to hit on before we get out of here, Josh? No, like I said, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to put too much out there. I. I I'm definitely getting a very strong impression much. this will be a newsworthy weekend. You you are getting the impression this will be a newsworthy uh, yeah. weekend? I, I, like I said, I, I've just – and it's actually kind of happened during this podcast. I've been checking on some things. Oh, that's where you are. And, uh, yeah, yeah, so, that, so that's so that been some of the excuses. Early while you guys were talking Trey Young, and there's almost – no, not even almost. There's absolutely no need for me in that conversation. I, I was digging up some stuff, and it, it sounds like this could be a pretty good weekend for OU. It, in state is that a possibility i mean i know they have patrick fields coming in already with an offer jalen redmond coming in with an offer are those guys the ones to be watching out for i wouldn't you know patrick fields has been one of those guys that i've kind of been thinking something was cooking for a while and um, you know because he he talked you know like and joe i know you've talked to him a lot too like he's always talked about you know how close how much his family likes OU, you and you know he's really got a good relationship there and, and OU, i mean like we can talk about at times when OU used to kind of drag their feet in state they were right there early for patrick fields before a lot of people knew about him so i mean i don't think that's going to be a concern there i would he's not the one i'm hearing about right now and actually to be fully honest i'm hearing about more than one so um, I think that's good. I, I think there is there is some planning going on. So, Intrigue. like I said, we'll have the scoop. We'll cover more of it tomorrow. I don't want to give too much of it away, but I, I like I said, I I think all things going to plan. Sunday we'll have some good news. By the way, here's one thing I'll throw at you, Josh. Um, get this from a few people recently. I think there were some rumors maybe about Casey Thompson and IMG, um, but like. You see IMG kind of starting to creep into Oklahoma a little bit. 
I have not heard IMG from anybody. I mean, anybody. And that and that's now part of that is like you said. I mean, there's IMG's going like they're first off the list with the five star guys. I mean, they they want to add those dudes, and there's just not that many of those guys year to year in Oklahoma. So I think that's part of it. But no, I haven't heard Casey's name come up at all. No, I mean, and Kerry, I know you know him well too. Knowing Charles like I do. I could understand that being a fit, like him just, you know, okay, you, you've learned all you can here. Obviously, uh, Southmore lost their offensive coordinator, who Casey has a great relationship yeah. with. Jeff so, Brickman, I mean, yeah. Yeah, with Jeff Brickman, a guy we know really well. So, I mean, th- there's there's a lot of things that would make sense about that, but I won't pretend that I, I had heard this. I will say it's kind of a funny aside. Casey actually messaged me a few nights ago um, about the Trey Young situation. I mean, so this is this is something, you know, and I don't know that we've talked about it much. I thought it was interesting how many OU football players and coaches, yeah, yeah. And they, they were all in on the Trey Young stuff. So I thought that was really interesting. And and it wasn't just a basketball thing. I mean, Casey was very interested in what was going on with um, with Trey. And obviously, you know, like a lot of guys in that area, Southmore and Norman North, they know each other really oh, yeah, well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not so sure. I didn't see some kids from other schools there today um uh, well i know that uh i mean the, not like athletes but just maybe you know kids that came down that knew trey or something i know the um i i probably should know her name but i don't pay attention to women's basketball the girl that's committed to ou from choctaw she was there i know her and trey are really tight oh, okay. uh, feeling nice uh, or something. Yeah, yeah 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 i know she i recognized her at the, really at the thing and it it was <laughs> it was a really Big damn deal. You could tell every kid at that school just loves him. I mean, yeah. the, the the screams that came out when he announced. I mean, yeah, I could yeah. see that being the case. Bob he, Stoops gave him a boom tweet. Yeah. Believe, yeah. He's he's a big deal. That, By the way, have you guys been to your old high school in a while? Because that was, that was not fun. It was, there was no like, oh, I'm back. It was like PTSD <laughs> being back at your old high school. I didn't enjoy that. I don't think there's anything at my high school that's like it was when I was there. It's changed so much. Mine, mine's very, very different. Um, last time I was there was like a decade ago, though. It's been a long time now. And I'll take that back, Eddie. We were there that day a couple years ago for spring practice. Oh, but, yeah, for uh, Nick Robinson yeah, and all those like guys. When Nick Robinson was a basketball player with a boot on his foot, mm-hmm. nobody really knew who the hell he was. Mm-hmm. That was uh, was that just last spring or was that two springs ago? Two springs ago. That would have been going into their junior year. Uh, Trey Gooch and okay. Nick and Potts' junior year. By the way, it was kind of weird. Like Norman North, we walked by the trophy case. It's kind of such a new school. Who is the who is the number one Norman North athletic product? Jordan Evans uh, for football. Jordan Evans, but uh, the, oh god, I'm going to mess up his name now. I think his name's Dominic Sylvie. Played soccer. Um, well, back then he he played for uh, uh, Celtic FC as a goalie. Um, soccer wow. soccer was kind of their thing for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean now it's now it's Trey Corby Young. Thompson maybe now it's Trey Young. I'm just kidding. It's my buddies. <laughs> I know him. <laughs> so the but the PC North it's got to be full of Sam Bradford stuff, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, Daisy Kareem had a really good career, career in Division yeah. Two. Uh, what what's his name? Um, uh, Alvin Adams went to Putnam City, so definitely not North. Yeah. I'm trying to think of anybody from. Uh, I mean, Joey Nation. 
played for the Cubs. I think he pitched a little bit. He went to PC though. His brother played football when I was a freshman. Matt Nation. Yep. Uh, he was probably about your age, wasn't he, Josh? Yeah, he was. He was. I, I grew up a little bit around Matt. I'm trying to think. I, I I would definitely say that it was Sam or Deji or I'm trying to think of any basketball players that came out of there, but I can't. Nobody off the top of my Brandon Bruner had a pretty good career, I think, at Southern Illinois. Mm-hmm. He was a good player. Uh, the uh, who was the quarterback um, in 01, Eddie? That had Matt a huge Warren. year and almost beat Jinx. Uh, Matt Warren. He walked on yeah. into OSU for a year. Yeah, I yep, remember that. Yeah, I mean, he really just had that one year where it was really great. But he had a really he, that was that was kind of like when the spread was starting to go crazy in Oklahoma high school football. Yeah, nobody was ready for him. And same deal a few years later with Matt Edmonds at Mustang, like the five foot seven wrestler that nobody could deal with. Um, that kid was a baller. Yeah, he was a really good player. At West, it would have to be like Ricky Brady or Ben Roots. Um, What's the kid's name? That uh, what's what's the pitcher's name? Um, Oh, Brian Tallett had a a really nice career in the or you know solid career in the majors for a while there. He had a cup Um, of coffee at least. mm -hmm, Yep, yep. Why am I forgetting Uh, where Xavier went to school? He went to PC. 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 Okay. CJ. CJ Henry. CJ Henry. He was probably the best athlete I played against in him. my grade. Yeah. He was unbelievable. Bad. I remember in like eighth grade watching him. Uh, we were in the same grade, and he would just pull up like. But he, he was never did anything about baseball, right? He did. Yeah, first, yeah he was a first he round was pick. first round pick by the Yankees. Uh, the Yankees. Shortstop, I think seventeenth overall, and uh, I think he was actually part of the trade for uh, somebody. He Maybe was Texera. Right. Mark make, Texera. Yeah. You know who would have one of the most ridiculous trophy cases. And not so much lately, but in the 80s and 90s, can you imagine like Midwest City's trophy case? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Midwest City. The Gundies. The Gundies. And then, I mean, that Midwest City basketball team that had Sheldon Williams, D'Angelo Alexander, that group of guys that ended up all getting suspended after going out yeah. to Virginia, that was probably the best high school team I've ever Matt, seen. Matt and didn't Kemp? they have a third guy that was D1? Matt like Kemp? a Gaddis or somebody like that? Kemp was on it. And then, uh, yeah, they did have a third guy that was yeah. D1. I mean, you know, like Oral Roberts kind of guy, like mm-hmm. not not like the other two, but still a really good player. Well, they had, there was not bad. I'm not thinking basketball. When I was coming up, there was a kid named Drew Chrisman that played baseball at OU that was really good from Midwest City. Yeah, Midwest Vernon Maxwell, Rodney Rodeau, Vernon Maxwell, the best yeah. that program yeah. ever produced. It was just a washout. Him and Rodney Rodeau were on that same team. They actually beat uh, Putnam right. City North yeah. in '95. They were right. the last. They were, they were the last West, West Side, Side team. team yeah. yeah. mm Hmm. Um. Yeah. Oh, you know, Hinch, I, AJ Hinch played at Midwest City. Played baseball at Midwest City with Brian Ayler, who ended up playing at OSU and coaches at Norman North. Mm-hmm. Brian Ayler, Ayler was at West when I was in high school. Was he really? Yeah, he was a baseball coach over there. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he was a good guy. He, he, he yeah. wasn't the head guy. The Hinch head guy played when I played. A less than stellar dude. Yeah. Oh, who, what's his name? Uh, Lavalley. Was he the head guy there? Oh, I shouldn't. Have no, Lavalley. Lavalley was there my freshman and sophomore year, I think, and then he went to take a head job. God, I can't remember now. Like somewhere, like kind of small, and then he. I think he was only there for a year or two, and then he went somewhere bigger. Well, we got Quinn Grovey at Duncan. That's all I know. Adam Dorian didn't do jack squat. What yeah, about, uh, Duncan always has some dudes, but it hasn't panned out well for them. Does in Dylan, Dismuke Dylan Dismuke does not count. I think he's <laughs> Dominique Pettis. Yeah, Duncan. I, I feel like they have good programs growing up in you know little league and high school and stuff like that. I don't, I'm kind of shocked they aren't 
better at sports than they are. Well, look at our very own. I mean, you know, the guy just, you know, carried. Dude, we went to state every year I was there, right? I know. No, and I know. And then you got out and you just started drinking too much and partying and you missed the big leagues. Now you had to sign away your chance to go play. So yeah. I, can know, always stop, I can always abuse. stop juicing if I want to. We should go take, <laughs> we should go take some BP one day and film it. Yeah. <laughs> You'd lose about 50 pounds. <laughs> I'd probably tear my rotator cuff again. When did you tear your rotator cuff in college? Maybe when OU has a decent baseball program, they'll have like media tournament or something. Opening day tomorrow. Eddie's fired up. Eddie, let's hear a prediction. Like, I, I, you know, obviously you don't have to account for all the games they're going to play, but what, what, what are OU fans yeah. looking at for this baseball? Yeah, there may season? be no more intrigue for sports uh, than baseball right now. I feel like that that's a program. I ha- I have no idea. By the way, tell idea. me what you were telling me about Kyler Murray yesterday. Uh. He, I think he's going to start in left field you went for to, him. You went to baseball uh, media yeah, day yesterday. Yeah, I went out to media day yesterday, and it just seems like Kyler Murray is definitely uh, – He's I I think he'll be in the starting lineup tomorrow, uh, opening day, but wow. uh, he's playing left field for him a little bit. We uh, didn't mention this. one but... two-hole, and, you know, it's going to be interesting. Uh, the weekend of the spring game, OU has a three-game series in Austin against Texas, and God. I – I don't think that there's any doubt that he's going to be with the baseball team. I think he's a pretty pivotal part of this team. Well, in this spring schedule, the way it is, they're going to practice some after the spring game, but it is more condensed than it's ever yeah. been. It's never been like this. March 21st is when they start, right? Mm-hmm. And then when's the spring game? April 8th. April 8th. Whew. And you have spring break the week before, the 13th through the 19th. So you get right back from spring break. Welcome back from Padre. Welcome back from Biloxi, wherever everybody's going this year. Uh, you got practice. It's cool that Kyler, a lot of kids throwing up on the first day. It's cool that Kyler Murray's going to start and be good at baseball. I, I love uh, two-sport guys, multi-athlete guys. But Chris Robinson's on campus, right? So mm-hmm. that, I mean, you have to think the writing's kind of on the wall there. That I mean, how, Murray, how's he going to come back from baseball and then immediately jump back over Chris Robinson? Who's well, plus he's got Austin Kendall there, who's yeah. not too shabby. Right, exactly. So, I, I mean, I think the writing's on the wall there, then that Murray's position in the, of the future may not be quarterback. That's the it, funny thing to me is, look, we don't know. We haven't seen enough of him. But I've seen enough of, of Austin Kendall to think maybe he's a guy that just is kind of has that it factor. Like, what if it turns out that Austin Kendall just becomes the quarterback? Best guy out of everyone? Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but we haven't seen enough that the possibility could exist. Well, if he went to any other Big 12 school, he might be the highest-ranked quarterback on campus. I mean, did you see him play like crap at all the few times that you've seen him play? No, I mean, he just he, went he in barely what he was thrown the ball. To do and he's got calm. out of there. He's really calm, too. He doesn't. He never looked like a true freshman. He moves okay. I mean... He's not like he's not Baker, but he's not I'm trying to think. He's not Landry Jones. Moves better than Landry ever did. I guess Josh, tell me if I'm wrong. I guess the the thing about Kendall is his upside, just because of his natural tools, just cannot be as high as somebody like Chris Robinson or Cameron Rising, just because he doesn't have the I'm elite you, tools. Austin Kendall throws the ball better than you think. Yeah, but he, I, I, can he hit it like a twenty yard out as? I don't, I don't. I, he can. I think he can. He can. I'm saying yeah. he can. He's not like. I wouldn't put his arm talent there with Robinson or Rising. I think they're both better prospects. But again, he's going to have two years ahead start on either of those guys. So I mean that that's that's a huge deal. 
And I will say with, with the Kyler Murray conversation, if Kyler Murray plays more than this year of baseball, I, I'll go on record. He'll never start a game at quarterback at Oklahoma. If he goes to that Texas series, I'm going to say it right now. He'll, he won't even be the backup quarterback next year. Yep, I agree. I, I agree. The way that they talk about him and, you know, people can do what, say what they want, but as a baseball guy can evaluate a baseball player. He, uh, he, he kind of uh, yesterday, he compared him to Trey Turner. And if you uh, are familiar with Trey Turner, Washington nationals, uh, I believe he plays shortstop, right? Yeah. And, uh, he got called up at the end of the year last year and was absolutely unbelievable. But he said, that's the type of speed that he thinks of when he talks about Kyler Murray's, uh, Trey Turner with the Nationals. And well, can you imagine the decision-making for Kyler Murray, though? I mean, he's a guy that hasn't played any sport competitively in two years mm-hmm. now. Hasn't played baseball since he was in high school, has he? No. No, he didn't, because he didn't ever do anything down in College so Station. So he's probably dying to play baseball again. He's probably kind of making this decision on emotion. Just to be out there. And if he, But if he goes out and starts, it's not like a Cody Thomas thing, where Cody Thomas didn't play, you know, struggled a lot. Probably didn't have a lot of fun out on the baseball field. He he had no choice but to come back to football. Yeah. If Kyler Murray plays really well and starts, hell, he may never play football again. I I think I don't think that's crazy. And you know you you saw just how how easy or I guess not easy, but once Cody Thomas got it going towards the end of the year, oh, he, he was, was good. He was extremely good, yeah. and you know he went to low rookie ball and ended up batting like five seventy over a two week period yeah. and had like. Seven home runs, way, and twelve he, RBIs. He skinnied up really fast. Did you see him on the field after? The uh, run, I saw after a picture of him at the Diamond uh, Diamond Ball dinner for baseball. Yeah, and he yeah he definitely has a little bit. He shed a lot of that muscle really fast. But, no, I mean that's something definitely to watch. And if he start, if Kyler Murray's starting, boy, yeah, I mean, well, I know this will freak everybody out on the boards, but yeah, we'll be out there tomorrow though. It'll be interesting. I I fully expect him to play. Uh, you know, he was. They had an inter squad scrimmage yesterday. He led off, played left field for the quote unquote starters. So uh, I definitely think he's going to be out there, and it will be uh, it'll be a lot of fun to follow. Just see kind of how good they are. You know, Josh, you asked what I expect, and I really don't know. I I think that they obviously need to make the NCAA tournament if uh, Pete Hughes wants to come back next season. So it will uh, it'll be interesting. They have 19 games to start the home to uh, start the season at home. Now with this uh, Long Beach State series moving to Norman, and does Pete have two years left on his deal? I think he has one more. Yeah, two years so from now, one after, one this, after one. this, including this one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they definitely need to make the NCAA tournament. You can't go four years at Oklahoma without making an appearance, and uh, you never know. Sonny Galloway's only living twenty minutes <laughs> south of here. <laughs> Things start going bad. I could see him starting to uh, show up at the ballpark. That would be awkward. He would jump all over that. Joe would never do it. Joe is never going to bring back Sonny. No, 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 no. He might if he says he does it for like half the price. He's never going to bring back Sonny Galloway. Those bridges have been burned. There's no way. Sonny's a good architect. Just stop it. Engineer, he he can rebuild that bridge. It might be built with gasoline. His his buddy Toby. There's gasoline just coming out of Eddie's mouth I will say this. Sonny Galloway, I know you're probably listening because your ears are burning anytime somebody talks about you. If you pledge to replace that stupid-ass AstroTurf pitching mound, I will back you as the next head coach at the University of Oklahoma. Bring back dirt. If he doesn't bring back bunting, too. I, his team's in bunting. I cannot stand watching that kind of ball. The Pete Hughes teams may not 
win, but at least they're taking hacks. I he has had a lot of hitters, a lot of a lot of people that'll swing the bat. Yep, that's the baseball I like to watch. All right, what what a way to end it. Some baseball yeah. talk. Yeah. Baseball talk. Here we go. That was uh, baseball talk. That's an off season unofficial forty podcast for you, ladies and gentlemen. Is uh, anyone still listening? There were so many other things we could have gone into, like the combine. We'll have plenty of time to do that, but uh, pro day will be coming up at OU. We, there's been no date released on that. Uh, we've kind of talked about how big it'll be for Joe Mixon, but um, you know the three guys will be going: Dee Westbrook, uh, Eddie, Charles Walker. Out. Charles Walker, Charles Walker, and Samaj uh, P. P. Ryan. So I was a little Jordan surprised Evans, yeah. that Evans didn't get invited. That's, I, I, I don't know. I, I thought he crap. could have got invited, and I think that uh, Jordan Stearns should have been invited from OSU. He got invited to the Senior Bowl, didn't he? Yeah, Jordan and Stearns? didn't get invited to the strange. To he's the a combine. good player. He doesn't ever get his due. He's a good player, but he's going to get paralyzed one day. The way that he hits. Yeah, you know. he's a helmet-leading crown guy. It, was there too much put into the 18 guys from the Big 12 not being no. or being invited? Or is that just the pathetic state of the conference? Unless you can somehow figure out that there will probably be 50 guys next year and it was just a down senior yeah. class. But I don't think that's the case. No. I mean, 18 is... Man, that's embarrassing. Texas is down. Now Baylor's down. I mean, who's who's the I mean, TCU sometimes sends some guys, but they don't really have anybody. I, there there's no second team really emerging in the Big 12 here and Oklahoma, I mean, they probably should have sent more than 3 people. I mean, Joe Mixon should be there. I think Jordan Evans should be there. But, you know, every major university is going to feel that way, Joe, that, oh, this guy could have been there. That guy. I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong, Joe is a special circumstance. But, like, a guy like Jordan Evans, he's 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 a maybe. You know, I, I mean, heard I'm Mike, sure LSU I heard, and Alabama have five guys yeah, like that. Look, I'm not here to defend Joe Mixon. I, I was listening to Mike Florio this morning, the guy that does uh, pro football talk, and he was talking about how ridiculous it is that guys like Joe Mixon aren't going to the Combine because of anything, if anything – that gives every team a chance to talk to him instead of having to say, because you know teams, they're going to have to talk to Joe Mixon. Like, this is a rule that's not, that the NFL GMs aren't behind uh, about not inviting people that have been involved with either domestic violence or, you know, some type of violence. Because every team is going to have to interview him anyway. Even if they don't plan on drafting him now, his talent is so good that even if a team thinks that they can't get him or sign him, whether it's a New York or whoever, they still want to interview him just to see what they think. I don't get what it accomplishes because he's not ineligible for the draft. So if he's just not at the combine, all you're doing is giving people less information, which I don't yeah. ever understand. And you need as much information as possible. Exactly. I mean, we're not defending Joe at all. We're just saying that if you're going to make these decisions about somebody, what the heck does it? I mean, you should be getting as much information as possible and if if you say to yourself okay well we just don't want them in our league we're, cha we're changing everything we don't want those kinds of people in our league then that's fine that's your decision but then don't let them be drafted why let them yeah. be drafted and then not invite them to the combine it, it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to well me. and the other thing is you get to put him in front of that big media scrum like a yep. you get to, to see, see how, how he reacts yeah. to it and b you get those questions out of the way before he's wearing your team's colors yep like i i mean don't get me wrong somebody's still gonna ask but it's a lot more tempered because it's, it's the, the same thing we talked about when he was at OU. Like, eventually those questions are going to have to happen. Like, in the media, in New York or Green Bay or wherever it may be, you're going to want to answer the uh, want answers to those questions, and that gives you a chance to do it when he's not on your hands. He's not your problem. He's just a, a prospect. If you don't have to spin it, that's – he can have exactly. to do all that exactly. stuff. It's not your deal. Yep. 
Well, and the other thing, I mean, I don't know. Maybe the NFL doesn't want a guy like that going out and running a four three or something, because then he becomes the talk of the combine. Yeah, the talk of the combine. He probably would too. Maybe the NFL just hates his agent too. I think everybody hates him. (laughs) (laughs) I've never heard Josh say that about somebody. He God, I, 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 I ran it about that like. You are a personal representative. All you were paid to do is make someone look good and make them money, and all he did was the exact freaking opposite. Yeah. Was he that, the one that said they got negligence. The, was he the one that said they got the first round grade, and then it came back that they didn't get didn't any, even turn yeah, they didn't even send in any information. Well, he said that he that people told him that he had a first round grade. Yeah, but then it came back that Joe never even submitted for a draft grade. Why lie like that? Why? Why? Hey, on Joe, Earth? how long have you been doing this? I've been doing this for 30 years. <laughs> 30 years, okay? Oh, my God. And he's been the, profes- the president of the lacrosse club in Denver. Is that, was that not the greatest old man cry for, yeah, I still look good? I take care of it. Like, pff, okay, dude. Like, you, everybody needs to know you were running for lacrosse. Shut I was up. doing gassers down in the valley. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. when you almost have to go to his next lacrosse game and punch him in the face. <laughs> in fact, I'll give a free subscription to somebody that That's does that. That's probably why he became the president. He was tired of people punching him in the face. Yeah. He just just a complete loser. There's a rule like it's subsection 1523. If you punch the commissioner in the face, you will be ejected from the league permanently. I would join the league just to get kicked out of the league. <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't even know which end of the stick to hold. He just walks up there to hit him. <laughs> I'd shave mine into a shank and then stab him. <laughs> Go, uh, was it the last Boy Scout where he runs down the field just shooting you people? Pull out a gun. Yeah. He's probably not going to come on this podcast, is he? This may cost I, d- I don't. I doubt he's done an interview at all since that sports since, animal since interview. Then. Yeah. That's probably... You think Mixon was giving him that? What are you doing? That'd be pretty bad if Mixon went to him and said, dude... You're really embarrassing. How bad? Yourself. How bad is it if you don't want your agent out there representing you? What the heck is an agent for? Look, I, I've seen a few things on social. Like, I guess Joe Mixon has been like contacting Ezekiel Elliott and all kinds of people and stuff, and he just he, he just looks bad right now. Hot gossip uh, Saturday night after the Thunder game. Uh, Joe Mixon and Money Mayweather were at Dollhouse together. Really? I know that for a fact. <laughs> the money team. Who were you with? I Joe wasn't. Mixon. I wasn't at Dollhouse, but oh, I. Oh, you uh, weren't there. No, I, I. I heard that that happened. You know people. I know people that were there. Well, I mean, he has familiars. He's got our guys, eyes and ears. Our guy at the sports channel, Michael uh, Doty and Curtis Fitzpatrick, both walked by uh, Joe Mayweather. Mixon and Mayweather oh, yeah. together. Yeah, they were together. They went to uh, Dollhouse. Wait, I think I just put. He's hanging out with Floyd Mayweather. A boxer, Seriously, yeah. how good does that look? Like, if if you're his agent, okay, dude, Joe, we want you to be low profile, want to be cool, and the one damn guy we want you to not be around is Floyd Mayweather. Don't be within a hundred miles of Floyd Mayweather. He's gonna go hang for out for a thousand reasons. Don't go. hang around with people whose hands are weapons. He's gonna go hang out with OJ Simpson tomorrow. Well, that has a track record of beating women. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. and I not caring and that. not apologizing. Well, I don't know if they were together. I, I shouldn't say that, but they were at the same place. Well, you, uh, Carrie just said he saw them. Other people saw them together. That, yeah. There's no way that's coincidence. Yeah. It's a bad deal. Yeah, I wish he's in control of it. Joe would make better public decisions. Yep. 
He's, he's in control of it all. But I don't know. Gonna that, look good in a Patriots uniform, though. I don't know that there's anything anybody can do for Joe Mixon. If he's gonna crash and burn, he's gonna crash and burn. Yep. Yep. And Eddie, they've already got the running back, Christian McCaffrey. I don't even think he has to be drafted. I think he's already been. He's just a free agent signing already. You're for the white. Patriots. You're he going to be coach's son. He's a scrappy. Yes. Yeah. Oh, like tell me the stereotype of the Patriots that Christian McCaffrey does not fit. Uh, he, I don't know. I, I he fits I, everything. Exactly. He didn't he, punch he, somebody like Mar- like uh, Legarrette Blount. Not yet. At least that was a guy. It's true. That, that <laughs> on the field though too. Completely stupid by Blunt, but just as an observer, that was great. That was great. By television. the way, Mixon's agent also represents Pac-Man Jones. Oh God. Maybe he's just a really who who also good got in trouble guy. lately. Just be smarter. There's, I mean, just you can. I know this is probably not even smart to say, but if you can be a jerk, just just how is it hard is it to make it look like you're not a jerk? You know how, how hard is it to make it look like you know to do the right things? I, we're gonna just we're gonna we need to stop. Yeah. Next, There's no making sense of this thing. Right. Next podcast, we need to take guesses on which Sooner will be arrested over the summer. That's pretty bad. You basically just there will be one saying, "Who do I think is a bastard on this team?" Yeah, Eddie, do you remember the infraction story and how well that went over? Yeah, we're working on it already for 2018. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's we might as well just make a list of who we believe are the worst people on the team. Do you want to start at ten or do you want to start at one? <laughs> We're not starting at anything. <laughs> I thought Eddie was to gonna drop fair, a name. <laughs> hey, we can do one for ourselves. Who's most likely to get arrested in the in the sooner scoop, you know? That would group. probably be me. Yeah, Dep- I agree. Yeah, depends I think on Eddie's the night. He's gotta be a heavy favorite. I don't drink and drive, I park and sit. But he's got street smarts. I've I've been around the streets of Atlanta after midnight with Eddie. He I think he knows how to Yeah, avoid but he trouble. also he also talks back a lot. Sometimes yeah. I know my I know my place. I've been pulled over in Norman with an open container, and they let me go. So see, don't talk about stuff like that. Untouchable. <laughs> you realize you're on a podcast with the two people that determine your employment, right? I feel comfortable. <laughs> That's the worst decision you've ever made, right there. Carrie, uh, once Eddie and Joe leave, give me a call. <laughs> All right. Well, let's open book. Let's. Okay, we got what we need, we needed out of Eddie today. Uh, let's end this thing. I want to say again, Joe, just fantastic job working the Trey Young thing. Trey Young, huge commitment for uh, Long Kruger. Uh, I'll say this: as far as Trey Young, Long Kruger, really good to see. I almost feel like I'm being naive saying this. But it, it's really good to see a guy that you you believe in deep down in your heart that does things the right way. Yeah, be able to to sign a kid like that, or I, at least get a commitment from a kid like that today. As close as I can to assuring people that they do it as clean as possible, they do it as clean as possible. Long Kruger not only wants to do it clean, just you know, I think I think Stoops wants to do things clean, or at least the the perception of clean, just because he doesn't want to get in trouble, doesn't want to deal with that mess. Kruger legitimately enjoys the process through a more normal, old school uh, kind of clean way he does he doesn't like to deal with agents he doesn't like to deal with aau he likes to go through high schools he likes to go through parents and uh it, it like Kate said, it's nice to see that that kind of recruiting can still go on in basketball because it really doesn't in a lot of other places uh but great job following that uh josh mcquistian we appreciate you being a part of this as, as always uh eddie radosovich here in studio along with joe Duvall. i'm carrie murdoch and next time we'll talk about uh ou's junior day uh right uh Maybe some Have a podcast talking about that. Maybe some commitments after the weekend. Uh, so huge weekend. Keep following us on Soonerscoop.com. 
If you haven't already, make sure you go rate us uh, on iTunes. And uh, please, like you said, we're going to keep doing podcasts every week. I know we were at, we missed last week, uh, but there's always stuff for us to talk about. Uh, there's always stuff for you guys to read on the Crimson Corner message boards, recruiting. Uh, as we said, never ends. So if you're not a subscriber, go check it out. Uh, just like with Joe Duvall, you would have been kept lock and step every step of the way with Trey Young's decision, uh, recruiting the next class starting to build right now. Be a part of that on the Soonerscoop.com message board. So uh, go join us uh, at Soonerscoop.com. Become a member. Uh, I can promise you, you won't regret it. Uh, you'll be more informed than you've ever been. Just look at some of the questions we get on Facebook. Uh, if you're a member, you don't have to have all those questions. So uh, there you go. There's your sales pitch for the day. That's going to do it for me, Kerry Murdoch. Thanks to the guys. And we'll see you guys next time on the Unofficial 40.